It is going to be a good year. I can tell you that. Some of the things that the Lord is putting on Jeremy and I's heart, you guys can just play for just a minute. Can you do that call in for me? Go, y'all can go. Um, some of the things the Lord's showing us for 2024 is just really exciting. And even for the life of this church and for this family and all the things that God is going to open up for this, these, these, every part of the family, we are very, very excited about ministering to the whole family. And so, um, man, this is a great day. I'm telling you, the Lord has a word for you this morning that if you will let it, it will change your life forever and it will set you free. Freedom. Does anybody want to walk in another level of freedom than they've ever walked in before? I know I do. You know, Jeremy and I have been in the ministry now. Uh, let's see. Golly, how many years? We've been married for 16 years. And we were both in ministry before that on our own. But when we came together, we started traveling and preaching and ministering in churches and uh, services. And we traveled all over the world. Our first place we traveled to was South Africa. And we had some pretty remarkable things happen from the beginning. Watching God do just, just absolutely extraordinary things. And, um, and then as the years went on, we developed... Our ministry, we stepped out. We used to work at KCM in Fort Worth, Texas. We stepped out. We started walking in the things God had planned for us. And then he led us here to start this church. And we've gotten to meet you and to be a part of your lives. And it has been the greatest joy. And the Lord told us when we started this church that the, the heart of legacy was raising a family in the house of faith. And I know so many of you that resonates in your heart your desire to have a family, in your desire to live not only just in any, have any kind of household, but to have a household of faith, a household that pleases God. So I'm looking forward to these coming days and what God is going to do in this church. This year is going to be extraordinary for the family, your family and the family of this church. So would you keep that in prayer with me this year, the family and what God will do God has new places for us to go. Do you know there's new revelation for us to see in terms of the family? God is not a dictator. He is not the owner of a big company that just, you know, dictates how you should do something. He is a father and he has a family. And we are the family of God. And God is going to reveal to us this year how to become more like a family. And so I'm very excited about all God is going to do. And I'm asking you to be in faith with us. Did you know what I say or what God says to this congregation does not solely depend on Jeremy and I? So much of what is said comes by your ability to receive it, by your heart and your openness, by your tenderness, to take it in and not want it from us, but desire it from him. And I'm asking you this morning to just open your heart wide open to God because he has a word for you that will set you free if you let it. This word has set me free. So I know that it works. So if you'll open your heart this morning, God will do the same thing in you. I want to pray and I want to ask the Lord and invite him into this time and let him have his way in this service. We didn't come today to hear from me or from Jeremy. We came to get a word from the Lord for our new year and he will give it to us. That's what I'm believing, expecting this morning. So Father, all of us, we come before your presence this morning with thanksgiving. We want to thank you for the year that you've given us, what you've brought us through, how far you've brought us, Lord. Lord, that we're even standing here today, that you've kept us, you've sustained us, you've strengthened us, you've caused us to come through time and time again. And we all as a church family, we give you praise and we give you thanks for all those good things. Everybody just take a minute. Why don't you tell him one more time? Look back over the year and thank him with your words. Go ahead, open your mouth and thank him one more time for what he's done for you. We've had people 
saved in this church this year. We've had people filled with the Holy Spirit. We've had come, we've had children come to know you in a deeper way. Oh, we've had people blessed. We've had people overcome. We've had people healed. You've been so good, and we give you all the glory, Lord. We praise you for what you're doing here, and we praise you for the things that are yet to come here at Legacy in the new year, and we're expecting good things, believing that our best days are ahead of us. We release faith right now in your word. We ask you for revelation this morning from heaven, the word that sets free, (laughs) the word that takes us to a new place, a higher land, a higher place in you. Lord, that we would be able to live this life, Lord, not only just for our own self, our own desires, but we would come up to a new way of thinking. We'd begin to think like you do. We'd begin to see like you do. We thank you this morning for a revelation and your help in the sanctuary this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Do you believe it this morning? Yes, amen, amen. Well, why don't you turn with me to Philippians chapter 3, verse 13. And I have been meditating on this, and I was on the treadmill yesterday, and I was praying about some of these things. I couldn't get away from the scripture. I walked upstairs, and I told Jeremy, oh, first of all, by the way, Jeremy's at home this morning. He's resting, and he will be back next week. He's just been overcoming a few symptoms in his body, but we call him healed and whole. And he will be back next week. And I want to tell you what we're going to talk about these next two weeks go hand in hand together. And we are very excited about what the Lord is showing us. And there's going to be some really wonderful things come out of it. Um, in, let's see here, Philippians chapter 3. I, as I was saying, I was thinking about some of these things as I was walking on the treadmill praying. And I went upstairs to talk to him. And he said, that's the exact verse I'm meditating on right now. I'm like, well, this happens to us every time. So we know it's the Holy Ghost. He wants to speak to us this morning. This, it says this. Verse 12, not that I have already attained or am already perfected, but I press on that I may lay hold of that for which Christ Jesus has also laid hold of me. Brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended, but one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind And reaching forward to those things which are ahead. I press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Thank you, Lord. You know, as as much as we talk about, and the Bible talks to us about remembering the good things God has done for us. There's also many things that the Bible tells us to forget. And as I was reading this, Paul says, but one thing I do. And then he goes on to tell us what that one thing is. Forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead. Now, when I read that, in the just, just, just practical sense, I see not one thing, I see two things. But he says, this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and at the same time, reaching forward to those things which are ahead. And to me, this says that this is not two separate things, the forgetting and the reaching, it's one action. It's one step of faith. And here's an amazing thing to me. Paul, if you go back and read the things that he went through, can you imagine the kind of memories that could have been stored in his body? Have you ever heard the concept that the body keeps score? Well, this is a scientific concept that they've proven that the body will try to hold on and remember all the things of the past to protect you from those things again in the future problems that you've dealt with in the past. And I think it's so interesting. If you think about all he went through, can you imagine having a past like he had? Murdering God's people. 
Now, even though he had met Jesus and his life had turned around 100%, do you think that those memories were completely gone? No, he still had a lot of things in the natural that he could deal with in regards to shame. And in his heart, how many opportunities for the enemy to bring those things back up to him? But he says, the one thing that I do or I aim for is to forget those things which are behind me and then to reach forward to the things that are ahead. You know, the only way to forget your past is to run with faith into your future. And a lot of people, I've heard them say, how do I forget and how do I forgive those who have wronged me? How do I move past this event in my life that was so traumatic? Did you know the majority of people right now, if you watch any social media or you, or you see what's going on in the world, people love to live in their trauma. And, in, you know, it doesn't take faith to live in your trauma. It takes faith to put on a garment of praise instead of a spirit of heaviness. It takes faith to say, no, I may not see it. I may not feel it, but I know my God. And I believe that he has good things ahead for me. And instead of living in my past or even just living in my here and now, I'm going to press on and I'm going to move on. And I'm going to go toward, I'm going to aim. I'm going to press for another goal. And that's the high calling. And that's a higher way of living. That's the faith way of living. I love this because Paul, you see him so many times. He lists all the things that have happened to him. All the perils. Have you ever read them? I mean, he's been shipwrecked. He's been bitten by a snake. He's been beaten. He has had a whole host of things come against him. He's been rejected by men. Have you ever been rejected in life by someone? Well, hey, you're in the same company with Paul. You're in the same company with Jesus. Okay. That's a pretty good company to be in. I'll say so. But he listed all the perils and the struggles that he had in life. Had he really tried to forget them? If he kept listing them, Jeremy and I talked about this yesterday, and it was really standing out to us. We believe that this concept of forgetting in this scripture may be a little different than you might just think of with your natural mind. We think of forgetting as having no recollection of it, like there's no memory left. But I really don't believe that's what Paul was saying. I believe what he was saying is that even though I've been through these things in life, even though I have faced all of these perils, my God has caused them no longer to have any power over me. And when I forget by faith, and when I lay hold of how good God has been to me, that thing, that problem loses its power over me. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. You can live free. You can actually find a faith to forget. There is a faith to forget. There is a faith to forgive. There's a faith to overcome. And I love it how Paul says this one thing that I'm going to go after, that I'm going to aim for, is I'm going to forget. I'm going to let that have no longer any more power over me. And while as I, as I do that by faith, I'm going to press on and I'm going to reach. Now, I'm going to tell you about this word reach here in the, in the New Testament. It is actually the Greek word for stretching. And it means to stretch. So, I don't know if any of you ever do stretches at home. I like to stretch almost every day. And when you're stretching, there, there is a point that those, those muscles and that part of you is, is there's growth beginning to happen. And there's, there's a strengthening that's beginning to happen. 
And there's a lengthening that's beginning to happen. And he's saying, I'm going to stretch myself out over this place of, you know, if I've been hurt, if I've been wounded in the past, or someone has done something to me, said something about me, lied about me, beaten me, hurt me. I'm going to stretch myself past that by going after the high call of God on my life. I'm going to stretch I'm going to reach past this by faith, and I'm going to get over myself where I am right now. I'm going to stop meditating on the past, and I'm going to reach. I'm going to press for the high calling. Thank you, Lord. You know, oftentimes the enemy, his main goal is to get you to replay your past over and over and over on the Heart on the uh, let's just say the video of your heart. Did you know that you have control over your thought life, and no one else is responsible for your mind and your thoughts and your heart? My heart is my responsibility, only mine, no one else's. And you know, the quicker that you learn to release other people from owing you something and release other people from blaming them for the state that you're in, the faster you will receive your healing. There are so many things in life that will try to hold you back and will try to keep you stuck in your soul. And I'm telling you, this is one of the biggest ones. Letting the devil replay your past. And while he's, you're replaying your past, he's playing you. I'm just going to say it one more time. While you're replaying your past, he's playing you. And I don't want you to forget that, and I want you to remember that every time these thoughts begin to come back to your mind and back to your thought heart about all the things someone else has done to you. I was reading this week, you know, a lot of people, when they make their New Year's resolutions, what do they do? They have all these things that they want to do to perfect themselves, right? I'm going to work out this many times a week. I'm cutting out sugar. <laughs> I'm cutting out carbs. I'm cutting out all these things, and they make their list. My goal is that I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. I am going to lose weight this year. That's what most people do, right? And honestly, if you really look at it, it's very self-centered. <laughs> but do you know what the Jewish people would do every year? They would take time at the beginning of the year to evaluate the state of their soul, and the state of their relationships. And they would do whatever it took to go to the people in their lives that they had a relationship and fellowship with in the past and to make things right with them. That's a powerful thought and a powerful concept. It wasn't just about them perfecting themselves. It was getting down to the root. It was getting down to the place. You know, if you have something that keeps lingering and coming back to you, some, some way that you can go and make something right with somebody else, you should do it and get free for yourself. Now, if there's nothing you can do and you know that you've done all that you can do, then okay, move on. Forget those things. Don't let them have power over you anymore. Ask God to help you. Forget that. Release it. It doesn't mean you have no memory over it. Paul even could say the things that had happened. It means that it no longer has the kind of power that will keep you from moving on into your destiny, into your high calling in Christ Jesus. It no longer has the power to, to affect your relationship with God. So I'm encouraging this morning, hey, get honest before God. Find out. He could talk to you about some things that will set you free and may be connected to other things. Do you know so much of healing, the healing power of God at work in our lives, isn't just about confessing healing scriptures? Y'all are just looking at me like I'm a crazy woman. No, no, it's a powerful thing. But you know, the Bible says 
to guard your heart above all else because out of it flow the issues of life. And there are some steps of obedience that if you will take them, that is a step of faith toward your healing. That is a step of faith toward your soul being set free. It's a step of faith toward you walking in victory. But it'll take your obedience and it'll take you walking with God, being very honest and and doing what he tells you to do. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. The only way to forget your past is to run with faith toward your future. Don't let the devil get you stuck by replaying thoughts in your mind and playing you day in and day out. That's what he's going to do. Has anyone ever experienced that? Now, be honest. Have you ever experienced that looping and that thing going back into your mind and you just feel like you can't get free of it? No, you can get free of it. And it's by focusing on something else. It's by running with faith into the future, refusing to look back, refusing to let those things replay in your mind and to press on toward the high calling that God has created you to do. Glory to God. As I was reading this, I was thinking about how Paul was really describing in this passage a disciplined athlete. He was talking about how an athlete, say a runner, when they go to run their race, it takes a lot of discipline to stay focused. It doesn't, you know, it's very easy to get distracted on this race of life. But what he was saying is you're going to have to keep your eyes on one thing that calling, and you're going to have to refuse to look back. Justice and Jesse and Jeremy and I were watching a movie not very long ago about the athlete, the runner, Jesse Owens. Has anyone heard about him? And I'll just tell you a little bit about him because it really, I just thought it was such a cool story. But he won a record-breaking four gold medals at the 1936 Berlin Olympic Games. Four gold medals. Now, this was at a time when Hitler was actually over all the games, and he was a dark-complected man. And in that time, he was heavily oppressed, just like the Jewish people would have been oppressed. He was looked down on. He was talked negatively to. But he had overcome so many obstacles in his life, and it's amazing to watch what he overcame. Even as a little boy, he was sick, and his mom actually had to perform surgery on him because they didn't have money to go to the doctor. And he came through and became such a strong athlete like this. Um, He actually, during the time when he was uh, running races, he didn't have the money to provide for himself. So he would go and he would race horses to make money for himself. Now, you know, if you weren't stronger, if you weren't strong enough in character, that would be a very low place to go. But he was strong enough to take a step of faith and to go provide for him and his family. And it didn't matter what anybody thought of him. He was going to press on and he was going to be successful. And I love it because, you know, he was, there's a certain kind of strength, a certain kind of strengthening that comes in adversity, You know, anybody you've ever seen do anything great for God or have any kind of success in life has had to face a lot of adversity. Don't be, don't be fooled. It's not always an easy ride in those regards. You are going to face persecution if you walk with God. You're going to face people lying about you. You're going to face all kinds of things if you're doing it the right way. It's true. But strength comes with adversity. There's two ways strength comes to me. Strength comes by the word of God. And strength also comes from situations. And it's up to you how you want your story to turn out. What kind of race do you want to run? Are you the kind of racer that just gives up in the middle because you're watching the people around you? They might get just a little bit ahead of you, but you're comparing yourself to them. Are you the kind of athlete that, man, if you take off and you hear something or you're, there's a distraction around you that you turn around and you look back, you look back? And one thing I loved about his story was in the beginning when he was training, he would find himself doing this in training. He would get distracted by the people running beside him. Or one time he actually looked back 
at the person behind him, caused him to lose the race. God is not pleased with us looking back. He's pleased with forward progress and forward motion. That's why we walk by faith. We walk, we take a step, and we keep moving forward. I'll read this to you. It says this in, um, let's see here, Hebrews 10, 38. Now the just shall live by faith, but if anyone draws back, my soul has not pleasure in him, but we are not of those who draw back. We are not of those who look back. Thank you, Lord. The concept of forgetting is really the choice not to look back anymore. The choice to look ahead. And while the devil is causing you and, and not causing you, he is trying to get you to replay the past, God has your future. He, he's planning your future. He's got your future on his mind. And I love that. Jeremiah 29, 11 says that. For I know the thoughts that I think toward you, says the Lord. This is what he's thinking about. Thoughts of peace and not of evil. To give you a future and to give you a hope. This is God's will for us. A future worth something. And hope. Hope. Thank you, Lord. When, when we were little, we used to have cable. Now, all you teenagers now, you don't even know what that word is, right? Justice, do you know what the word cable means? No, he doesn't. He's 13. That's my son. Um, when we had cable, I remember growing up, you know, you just had your remote, and you could change the channel if there was something on that you didn't want to watch. Just go ahead and change the channel, right? Well, now, we don't even have that anymore. We have all of our, you know, different things we can watch. And we can choose which show we want to watch. We can choose what we want to look at. Did you know you have a choice every moment of every day what you are looking at? You can make the choice what you stare at, what you give your attention to. And like we said in Proverbs chapter 4, it says, My son, pay attention to my words. Don't let them depart out of your eyes or your ears. Keep them in the midst of your heart. What words are you meditating on that he has said about you? So you have to remember this. Don't let what someone else has done to you be bigger than what Jesus has done for you. Never let what someone has said about you trump the words of God toward you. And what does he say about you? He says you are more than a conqueror through him who loves you. Man, I'm telling you, you've got the greater one on the inside of you that will help you forget. That will help you not look back anymore. When someone wronged you at work, did you know you don't need to keep meditating on that? When someone rejected you, when someone belittled you, you don't have to keep meditating on that anymore. No, God says that you are anointed for such a time as this. He says that he has appointed you over this generation. He says that you are called by him, that you are precious in his sight. Don't let it, what anybody else says about you be greater than what Jesus has said in his word about you. And you will become an overcomer. Now, if I have had this happen to me in life, I've had, okay, we're going to get honest. Are you ready? Okay. Y'all going to get to know me a little bit this morning. I, you know, again, what I was saying is if you want to have any influence on other people, you are going to have to overcome some things in life. Don't think you're the only one overcoming anything. 
That's a trick of the enemy, too, to make you isolated, that you're the only one dealing with this. No, that's not true. Every single person you know is dealing with something right now. They, if, they, if they're a faith person, they're overcoming that thing, not just dealing with it. They're overcoming it. I want to tell you, I've had some things happen in my life, and I won't get into much detail. Maybe someday I will, but I already know. And I have, I've had people lie about me. I've had people accuse me of things that weren't true when my heart was pure. I've had people say things that just flat out, just, just not true. And the temptation of the flesh is to go to that person and to tell them how it really is. <laughs> okay, have you ever, no, to be honest, have you ever laid in bed at night and you have just, you have created your whole script about what you, how you are going to tell them how wrong they are and you're going to tell them off. Anybody? Only me? Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. Okay, wow. Um, this may be one of the most important things that you face in life to learn how to get a hold of. I'm just telling you that right now because if you do, your life will be much more happy and much more full of joy if you can overcome this. So I'll tell you what my method is. When I have heard these things that are not true, yes, guess what? I have a flesh, and it will, it, it will try to irritate me, okay? So what I do is I go on a long walk with God. Because I know he will straighten me out. Yeah. So I go walk and I walk and I walk and I pray in tongues and I pray and I pray and I pray. And I ask the Lord to help me to see through these situations. And so many times, guys, the Lord has talked to me and told me exactly what to do. And it's not what I was expecting. And in some situations that where I've been hurt or someone has wronged me, I'll just tell you this too. You will be mistreated in, in life. Don't think you're going to go through life without being mistreated. Everyone is. But it's what you do in a response to that that sets you free or binds you up. And when you constantly look back at that, what they've done to you, you are keeping yourself bound like in a prison. Okay, I'll just say this to you. This is what the children of Israel did. God tried to bring them out of Egypt. In fact, he did a lot to get them out, right? They were, being, they were in bondage. They were being hurt. They were being beaten. They were oppressed. And he did everything he could to move them out of that land. I'll tell you, at one point, this is so crazy. They're about to go into the promised land. And I didn't plan to say this to you, so I'm just believing this is the Holy Ghost, <laughs> the Holy Spirit. They were about to go into the promised land. And they heard that there were giants in the land, people that were tall. And there were great big walls. And you know what their problem was? They said, we're like grasshoppers in their sight. You know what their problem was? They believed they were grasshoppers. That was their problem. It wasn't that they were grasshoppers. They had the greater one with them. They had the one. He was doing everything he could to bring them into a land that flowed with milk and honey. But that's, it was the way they saw themselves that kept them from going into their future. It wasn't God. Stop blaming God. God has done everything he can to get you there. But it was the way they saw themselves so small, so insignificant, not strong enough, not big enough. And they actually said this. They said, I'll read this to you. Psalm 78. No, actually, you know what? They said it in um, Numbers, sorry, Numbers 14.3. They said, would it not be better for us to return to Egypt? God tried to bring them out, but they kept going back in their soul. God did everything he could to get them out of Egypt, but he couldn't get Egypt out of them. Have you ever heard the saying, people do this with all kinds of saying, uh, sayings, um, you can take the man out of the woods, but you can't take the woods out of the man. 
Or you can take the country out of the, or you can take the girl out of the country, but you can't take the country out of the girl. Jeremy said this one about me last night. You can take the girl out of Arkansas, but you can't take Arkansas out of the girl. I was like, thank you. He is true about that one. I'm from Arkansas, guys, and I'm not, I'm not, I'm not down on Arkansas. I love Arkansas. I, Arkansas girl right here on the front row. Yeah. So all that to say, you know, you've heard the people say this about prisoners, that you could take the man out of prison, but it's hard to get prison out of the man. And how often do you see people going back into prison? I think the, the, the statistics are around 70 or 80%. Now, all things are possible with, to him who believes, and we don't believe that about the people we minister to. We're in faith. They're going to come all the way out, and they're going to stay out. But it's the tendency of the flesh to look back, and it's the tendency of the flesh to go back, and the soul will always try to repeat these same patterns. Don't get in the stuck in the patterns of the enemy. He will try to hold you there and keep you from moving forward. That's his only goal. Do you know the, only, the thing that will frustrate the living fire out of him, literally, is if you will go ahead and move on. That will frustrate him. Oh, it will frustrate him. But if you don't and you stay there and you replay it, that is the only thing that can keep you from moving and reaching forward into your future. So, all that to say, I wanted to tell you about that because another way you could say this is you could, uh, you could take the person out of the place, but you can't take the place out of the person. And what is that? Well, the place where you grew up or where you have lived in the past, it has a hold on you. And there is a way that it has it has a, the power to, it, it has been the greatest influence on your life to some degree. Where you've grown up, the place, and also the people that you have grown up around. And they have the hugest influence on your identity. And oftentimes, God will speak to you and he will pick you up and like he did the children of Israel. And he will say, go to a land that I have told you and shown you. Because I want to develop a new identity in you. I want to do something new in you. I want to do something fresh. And I want you not to look back anymore. I want you to look ahead at the things I have for you. God is a forward. He is a faith God. And he is always moving ahead. He is not thinking about your past anymore. He is thinking about his plans for your future. He is thinking about ways to prosper you. He is thinking about ways to bring you out. He's doing everything he can to bring you in to wide open pastures. Thank you, Lord. But it will be your choice whether you want to go on with God or keep looking back. I love this. Um, Jesus said this in Luke 9, 62. Anyone who puts a hand to the plow and then looks back is not fit for the kingdom of God. Thank you, Lord. Psalm 45.10 says this, Hearken, O daughter, and consider and incline your ear. Forget also your own people and your father's house. Forget it. Do you forget about those people completely? No. You forget about the problems. You don't let the problems have any more power over you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Psalm 78, 32. I want to read this passage to you, so go ahead and turn with me there. And, you know, God had done so many amazing things for the children of Israel. He had led them with miracles and signs and wonders. He provided for them time and time again. But it says this in Psalm 78, 32. In spite of all of this, they still sinned. And they did not believe in his wondrous works. And they, they spent their years consumed in futility and their years in fear. And they, when they, uh, he, it says this, when he, let's go ahead in verse 41. 
Yes, again and again, they tempted God and they limited the Holy One of Israel. You know, limitations for your future don't come from God's will for you. God is not trying to keep you from doing what you want to do. No, we limit God when we refuse. It says this, they did not remember his power. I, when I, I didn't finish my story about going for walks. So I'll go on a nice long walk with God when I'm tempted to meditate on something of the past. And I've talked to God about it and I get really honest with him. And I say to him, I've said to him before, Father, show me how to think about this. Now you've, you know, you wanna pray an honest prayer. You don't wanna tell God about all the awful things that someone has done to you. He's seen it, he knows, he was there. And you also, you know, it doesn't take any faith to go and defend yourself in a situation. It takes no faith. It takes faith to trust God to be your defender. It takes faith to trust God to go to bat for you, to make things right, to open doors for you. Do you know that the book of Joshua says, no man will be able to stand before you all your days. And if someone's tried to keep you out of things that God has called you to do, you don't even have to get, go to them to make it right or get them to understand your way of doing things or your way of thinking. No. God said in his word, no man, no other person can keep you from fulfilling the things God has called you to do. No man will be able to stand before you all the days of your life. And so at times I've gone to the Lord and I said, Lord, you know, this wasn't right. And he never talks to me about those situations specifically. Instead, he said this to me, but what have I done for you? Tell me what I have done for you. So I'll tell him, Lord, you've opened doors for me that no man could close. You made things right. You sent people to tell the truth when others lied. And I'll hear him say this. Tell me what else I've done for you. Well, Lord, you've kept me all these years. You protected me. You kept me safe from the hand of the enemy. Tell me what else I've done for you. Oh, you gave me a life worth living and you've counted me worthy to be in the ministry. Tell me what else I've done for you. Well, you've given me healthy children. You've given me a wonderful husband. Tell me what else I've done for you. You've given me a church to belong to. Tell me what else you've, I've done for you. Oh, you've kept me. You sustained me. Tell me what else. Tell me what else. Tell me what else I've done for you. Do you not remember my power? The only way that you limit God is by forgetting his power. Thank you, Lord. I'm telling you, my walks with God, I have come up. It might take me a little while. But after just a bit of praying and declaring the power of God I've seen in my life, all of those thoughts that the enemy has tried to replay in my heart and my mind, they have lost their power over me. And I'm telling you, I've walked this out and I have lived it and I have done it time and time again. But you choose what channel you want to watch. And you choose what show you want to watch. What has he done for you? Think about his power. Think about his perspective. He is thinking about your future. He is not thinking about your past. Why are you still lingering and living in your past? It just shows that your mind is not on him. Your mind is on yourself. 
And when I see people that can't rejoice and can't give God praise and they live with this sad countenance, I know that they're not walking with God. Because the Bible says to magnify the Lord, not to magnify your problem. What are you looking at? Have you ever thought about uh, um, Lot's wife? Guys, there was such sin happening in Sodom and Gomorrah. And God did everything, even though Lot wasn't fully following God. In God's mercy, he told him, get your family out of this place. Go to a land I will show you. Listen to me. Don't look back. Don't go back. Don't look back. I'm doing something new for you. That's a word for you this morning. God wants to do something fresh and new in your life this year. And if you won't look back, but you'll reach ahead, he'll have the full power and no limitations on him anymore. And the enemy cannot work in your life. But Lot, he said, let's go. We've got to get out of here. Do you remember his wife? She looked back. And in that moment, it wasn't just that she turned around to see what was going on. You get that, right? She looked back in her heart. The longing of her heart was to be in a place that God told her not to be. She refused to obey and to, by faith, go into a new place. And she turned to salt. A lot of people may not believe that, but it's in the Bible. I believe it. She turned to salt. Well, what, what was the major problem there? She could not separate herself from her past. She could not have a healthy separation and recognize that God wanted to do something new with her and her family. She refused to see that there needed to be a healthy separation there and move on and go on with God. And instead of moving forward, she looked back. Thank you, Lord. The Israelites said, would not it be better for us to return to Egypt? Thank you, Lord. There is a power to forget and a power to for, for, forgive. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Just checking my heart which way to go here. You know, I was thinking about the man who sat at the gate called Beautiful for 40 years of his life. His whole identity was wrapped up in being sick. And all he could see was the sickness 40 years long. He couldn't even see health for his future. And he was wrapped up. You know, I'm going to read this to you. If you want to turn there too, Acts chapter 3. He sat there day after day from the time he was a baby. They laid him there and he requested alms from people. He was looking to everybody else to meet his need. In verse 4, it says, And fixing his eyes on him with John, Peter said to him, Look at us. What was he doing? He was looking at all the people, endeavoring to get money from them, trying to get them to meet his need. But Peter and John were telling him, if you will pay attention to one thing, if you will be single-minded and wholehearted, and if you will fix your gaze on us, we have something we can give you that will change your life forever. And it says this, verse 5, so he gave them his attention, expecting to receive something from them. Did you know that giving your, your attention to something is greatly affected by your expectation? It is greatly, it will, sorry, it will greatly affect your expectation in that area. Giving your attention to the word of God will greatly affect the hope 
on the inside of you for the future. I'm telling you, you can change your whole world by giving your attention to the word of God, finding out what scripture God has for you to overcome this year. And in that moment, it says that Peter said, silver and gold, I don't have. But they also knew in that moment, that's not what he needed. He didn't even need money. What did he need? He needed the power of God to work on the inside and strengthen him from the top of his head to the soles of his feet, literally, and bring life and health and medicine to him. But what was it going to take? Him fixing his eyes on the right thing. Him giving the right people attention. And then it says this. He expected to receive something from them. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And he took him by the right hand. He lifted him up and immediately his feet and his ankle bones received strength. And he, leaping up, stood and walked and entered the temple with them, walking, leaping, praising God. Why? Because he listened and he only put his attention in one direction. He didn't look back or look around at everybody around him. He got his eyes on the two people who could give him what he needed. See, spiritual people are focused they, they focus their faith on the right things. They're not distracted by all these opportunities. No, I'm pressing on the high calling, the one thing that God has called me to do. And I refuse to look back. I refuse to remember all the things of the past. But I'm pressing on. Anybody say that with me? I'm pressing on. I'm pressing on. I think about the woman with the issue of blood. Some translations say that pressing in, she went through that crowd to Jesus. Can you imagine all the things she went through? She had spent all her money. So she had nothing left. And she probably had surgeries after surgery. She probably went to doctor after doctor. She had in the natural no hope for her body, for her life. She was probably one of the most lonely people you could imagine because when she bled like that, she was actually called unclean and no one was supposed to be around her. It's more tormenting to be that kind of lonely than it is even to be in pain for some people. So can you imagine all that she went through and still yet she overcame the adversity that she faced and when she heard about Jesus, she pressed in through that crowd and she went after him. Thank you, Lord. And she took a healing. She took it. A lot of people think, oh, God's power, his power was so strong that day. His power was always like that. She's the one that went in and just took it. She didn't look at everybody around her, how they were running their race, what they were going to do, how they were doing it. She stopped comparing herself to everyone else. Do you know one of the greatest things you can do in life is stop comparing your situation to another person's and begin to rejoice with them when they rejoice. I'm telling you, it'll open up a whole new world of healing to your soul and to your body, be, becoming thankful, rejoicing with someone else when they rejoice. Thank you, Lord. I love this too, yesterday. Well, first of all, I'll just read you this too. You know, the Bible says in Lamentations 3.22 that his mercies are new every morning. Mercy. There's mercy for you. There's mercy for me. No matter the past, He can pick you up and set you on a course. You're your only limiting factor. I'm my only limiting factor. God doesn't even remember it. If you've asked Him for forgiveness, if you've received His mercy, He's not thinking about it anymore. You should stop thinking about it anymore. 
and you should go on with God. You know, this will enable you to love people with the love of God. You can love people no matter what they've done to you. You don't even have to require them to, to repent or to ask for forgiveness. You can be strong enough to love with the kind of love that God loves you with. His mercy that is new every single morning. Jeremy and I were talking about Joseph last night when we were thinking about some of these things. Man, it just blessed me so much this morning when I was reading this, thinking about it. Do you remember everything that Joseph went through? Again, we're talking about a lot of adversity this morning. People, all that you, the people you know in the word, what they've been through. Do you remember Joseph's family? They rejected him. They sold him as a slave. Now, there's no greater rejection than someone selling you for a profit. Someone belittling you to the point where you are worth money, exchangeable money. But the Bible says that we were purchased not with silver or gold or any kind of transaction, but with the precious blood of Jesus. And you and I are worth what Jesus paid for us, not what anybody else could give for you. But what that says about you is that you're worth a natural amount. No, it's, you're not worth that. You could never. That's, that, is, that is so ungodly to ever belittle someone to that point. Well, this is what Joseph faced in life. He faced people rejecting him. He faced people not wanting him, not, not even wanting to keep him around. His brothers sold him into slavery. And was just because they did that, was that God's will for their life? Was that what God thought about him? Is that God's plan for his life? No, absolutely not. Just because it happens to you doesn't mean it's God's plan for your life. No. And so he goes on and God brings him into a new land and gives him a place in the kingdom gives him a place to serve, gives him a place to be restored, gives him a higher place. Now, he even went through some other stuff before then. He even went to prison. But there was something deep on the inside of him that caused him to overcome. And I believe it was the ability and the faith to forget. And he kept going toward the call, and he knew God had called him, he knew that he, he knew from a little boy that the hand of God was on his life. He knew from the time he was small that God had a plan for his future. He knew that he was God's favorite. <laughs> and so are you and I. But it's all in the way that we see ourselves. Do you believe you're a grasshopper? Or do you believe the greater one is living on the inside? And so he went on with God. And even after being in prison, after someone lied on him, right? Potiphar's wife. He came out. God still delivered him. And then it's amazing because there came a time that he sat and ruled over that whole area. And in the time of famine, his brothers and his father and his family came to him to be ministered to. And God used Joseph to minister to the needs of his family, to bless them, to love them. And did he stand before them and tell them all the wrong things they had done and try to defend himself? You should never have sold me into slavery. I was worth more than that. No, he gave to them. He blessed them. He loved them. And God had moved him out and separated him so that he could be a blessing 
to humanity. And what's amazing to me about this scripture, Jeremy and I saw this last night, just such a revelation. But if you read in Genesis 41, 51, you don't even have to turn there. But when Joseph, he had had so much healing and God had just brought him out and restored him. It says this, Genesis 41, 51, Joseph named the firstborn Manasseh, meaning God has made me forget all of my hardship and my whole family. Now, do you believe that they had, that he had forgotten who they were, what they had done to him? No, those, that was a different kind of forgetting. It was that God had given him the power to forget. God had given him the ability that those problems of the past, they were no longer, they no longer had any power over him. God had taken him out of a place, a small place where he was made to believe his identity. He was insignificant. Uh, but then if just because he had faith to keep going and not to quit, not to get stuck in the patterns of the past, he kept going on with God and overcoming obstacle after obstacle. He became stronger on the inside than any adversity that he faced. And he was strong in the Lord and overcame. And he said that about God. He has made me to forget. Or you could say he has helped me to forget the problems that I once dealt with in my past. Why don't you stand up this morning and... I believe the Lord would have us just settle some of these things in our heart because the process of forgetting is the same process of reaching. It's the same faith motion. It's the same action. As I, have, I, I activate my faith to forget, I am reaching and I'm pressing in to something greater. I'm reaching for the high call in Christ Jesus. Could you guys go ahead and begin to play? Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. I want to read you just a couple of scriptures while you're standing here. Isaiah 43, 18 and 19 says this, Do not remember or forget the former things. This is not a suggestion. It is a command. Do not remember, do not repeat in your heart, in your mind. Do not replay over and over the former things. Neither consider the things of old. Behold, I am doing a new thing. <laughs> now it springs forth. Do you not perceive it and know it? And will you not give heed to it? I will even make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. Oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Isaiah 43, 18 and 19 in the New Living Translation says this, but forget all that. It is nothing compared to what I'm going to do, for I am about to do something new. See, I have already begun. Do you not see it? I will make a pathway through the wilderness. I will create rivers in the dry wasteland. Now, if you believe that this morning, why don't you just go ahead and just receive it from him? This is a word for our year. He wants to do a new thing, a new thing in your life. Some of you have been stuck in the relationships of your past. And he's saying, I want to do a new thing. Take the limits off of me. Stop by, you know, it doesn't, oh, I, thank you, Lord. In that scripture, when they said, when it says that they turned back the children of Israel and they limited the Holy One of Israel, the word limit is the word to bring pain to. Did you know it pains God? It brings him pain when you constantly dwell on your past. You know what it does? It, would frustr it frustrates, it grieves him for you to tie his hands up and he can no longer move and work for you. He wants to be moving. He wants to be speaking for you. He wants to be helping you. He wants to be opening doors for you, but he can only do it 
when you remember his power and you refuse to look back. Thank you so much for tuning in today. We hope you enjoyed this message. If you need someone to pray with you, there are several ways for you to contact us. Feel free to give us a call at 817-577-0180. You can also contact us through the Legacy Studios app or either of our websites. Giving options are available online at pearsonsministries.com and legacychurch.family. If you prefer, you can also text an offering. Simply text LEGACY in any dollar amount to the number 28950 and follow the prompts. Be blessed today. We love you. And remember, you are always welcome here in the house of faith.